Hey, Sean here with another episode of Locked on Raptors. And on today's show, Scotty Barnes. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked on Raptors, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. what's going on welcome to episode number 1045 1046 i'll with the stats afterwards but either way uh it's episode 1040 something of locked on raptors i'm of course your host sean woodley of raptorshq.com you can find me on twitter as always at woodley sean you can find the show at locked on raptors we can find links to every single episode of the podcast and of course please make sure to check out the entirety of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We got lots of great stuff going for you. So please go find the show covering the teams that you like. And uh, of course, we are free and available on all your favorite platforms as well, including YouTube. Please go subscribe to the Lockdown Raptors YouTube page. It is very cool of you to do so. All right, on today's show, uh, Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes, and Scotty Barnes. And also, we'll talk about some other stuff from the Raptors. Two games, two wins over the weekend, Friday against the Orlando Magic, 110-109 at home in a game that got far too hairy uh, and you know, probably shouldn't have been as close as it was, but either way, we will talk about that. And then a 97-94 gutsy, terrible basketball game, but good win for the Raptors against the Pacers on Saturday. Joining me to talk about those things, and of course, Scotty Barnes is Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Big V, how's it going, buddy? It's good. It's been a fun weekend, uh, and it's been a lot of winning for the Raptors. I think, uh, you know, people might be pleasantly surprised with where the team is at right now. So a lot of good stuff to talk about. Am I wrong in that they're the this is the first time they've been above 500 since like the bu- bubble season? Am I wrong? Uh, no, they I don't got think so. last year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they got to 17 and 17 at one point last season and then uh, COVID hit and then everything went to hell, as I recall. So, um, yeah, there, nice there was to be back here. <laughs> series of wins against, I think it was Philly and then mm-hmm. Milwaukee. And it was like, oh, wow, this team can still play at this level. And then COVID hit, and I was like, all right, that's a wrap. Yep. Yeah, no good time. But uh, hey, the, the the streak that was broken last year of like seven straight years without being under 500 is back and alive. And they're never losing again, or at least they're never falling below 500 again. Maybe they will on Monday night against the Knicks. Who's to say? But either way, we're going to talk about our big takeaways from a very fun weekend of Raptors basketball. Uh, we should probably start with Scotty Barnes. We'll also talk about Precious Achua, who has kind of become the uh, target of some Raptors fans' angst, uh, because there's always got to be someone who's the target of angst. Uh, and we will talk about potentially Pascal Siakam returning and what that's going to do to what the Raptors lineup's going to look like. I actually want to play a little game with you, Big V. I'll think of a fun, snappy name for it by the by the final segment, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Scotty Barnes, let's start with him. Uh, really wonderful weekend once again. For Scotty on Friday night has 19 points in the first half against the Orlando Magic. Like five of his buckets came on pull-up mid-rangers, which was really, really exciting to see. Uh, he go of go of course goes off for in that game. Uh, nine boards as well, two steals and a block in 37 minutes. Nine of 14 shooting overall, and then against the Pacers last night, nine of 17 for another 21 points, 12 boards, an assist, and a steal in 35 minutes. Um, I, I mean. 
I don't want to get like too hyperbolic or anything like that through seven games of a 20 year old Vivek, but I think the way Scotty Barnes has played, I think it kind of justifies getting a little bit out of control with the hype and the excitement because you don't often see this. So why not lean into it while it's happening? My question to you, Big V, has Scotty Barnes in your mind like expedited the Raptors timeline at all here? I think there was this sort of assumption that, you know, there's going to be a couple years of transition time here. We'll see what, you know, the rest of the core looks like. But through seven games, it looks like obviously Scotty Barnes is part of the cord core and maybe is going to be the best group best among the group within you know a year or two like it's that maybe sounds insane but he looks so good and so comfortable in ways that he was never projected to be good and comfortable it's kind of hard not to run away with your thoughts of what this guy could be is it not man it's impossible not to this Mm -hmm. kid is flat out special like i i think it's a matter of time before he's a top 10 player in the league I think he's that good. Um, I think I think he could get there as soon, like even maybe beyond his, like just beyond his rookie contract. Because if you look beyond that, like that's when like LeBron and KD and those guys, like they're going to be pretty old at that point. So I I don't (laughs) imagine that they'd be in that top ten conversation and then be a new crop of players. I think he's that good, and I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is the offensive capability that he's shown and you know it's funny you look at the numbers now with the 18 and 8 that he's putting up the low mark the thing that maybe surprises all of us is the assists they're probably as low (laughs) as as they'll be for for his career Mm -hmm. and I think uh, that's something that Pascal's return will help with uh, where he's not taking on as much of this scoring load and uh, getting other guys involved but at the same time, you saw, you saw Nick Nurse say that he loves it and he wants even more. So the fact that he can take it on at this stage is ridiculous. I, I, yeah, I think the Raptors have an absolute stud that is just going to keep getting better. Yeah, he just looks so at home. And the finishing around the rim, I mean, he was sort of branded. I think I like sort of paraphrased things that like Sam Vecini and others were saying about him. It was widespread sort of misjudgment of what Scotty Barnes was going to be as a scorer. And, and obviously, a lot of credit goes to Barnes. I'm sure there's some Raptors development stuff that's going in there. It might just be that the college game is conducive to making players look worse than they are. That happens with some guys as well. But the scoring inside like 15 feet is like staggering right now. But when you look at the tools, maybe it's not terribly surprising. He's six foot nine. He looks like he's seven foot three out there. His arms are enormous. He can work as a dive man. He can work as a guy who sort of does his own straight line drives. And he just seems to really understand angles in a really impressive way. Like there was that bucket he had against Amonis Sabonis last night where he kind of backed him down. Sabonis has like two or three inches on him. And he just kind of like looked up and was like, all right, I'm just going to just flip this right off glass, like exactly where it needs to go. And maybe it's not surprising that a guy with his kind of feel and touch is that good around the basket. I think he's also kind of added to the scoring because he's just like a dynamo on the offensive glass as well. That's clearly by the design for the Raptors because they need those extra possessions because their half-court offense is doo-doo most of the time. But with the way Scotty Barnes just seems to know, has that nose for the basket, has that push-shot game, like if that's the baseline for what he's going to be around the basket, I mean, it's just ridiculous to think about like the shooting percentages, the pure percentages you can put up within 10 feet. Like I just, 
I can't believe this. <laughs> it's yeah. it, it's not at all what anybody expected about this guy. Can you speak a little bit to your thoughts on his scoring game and like where all of this has come from? Because it does seem like it's kind of out of left field, even though his like raw skill set, touch and feel, that type of thing might suggest, okay, this is a guy who can score. No one ever expected it was going to be this soon. Yeah, I think the biggest thing you look at with anyone who wants to be the go-to option uh, on their team, it's can they be a release valve? Yeah. And when the offense kind of gets stuck in mud, when there's nowhere else to go, do you have a way to bail out the team? And I think when you look at Scotty Barnes on those possessions where he's got it on the edges of the paint, and he checks for an angle here for a pass. He checks for an angle there for a pass. And then it's like, okay, there's nothing. I'm just going to pull up. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to uh, get this bucket right here. So that ability is what stands out. Because especially when you look at the league today where teams are focused on getting sh one shots right at the rim, mm -hmm. two three-pointers, right? Mm -hmm. When you play against a, a defense that takes away those two things, you have to be able to go to something. And that's what's so impressive about Scotty Barnes right now. The fact that he has that in his bag already. The fact mm -hmm. that, you know, I remember Eric Spolster would talk about, uh, and obviously what, this comment was more in terms of just keeping the offense in a flow when mm -hmm. Eric Spolster was talking about Marcus Gasol. And he's, but, he, but, but I think the principle applies where Eric Spolstra said, when you have Marcus Gasol, you have someone who doesn't get seasick when the shot clock is winding down, when sure. the offense becomes discombobulated, right? And you have that with Scotty Barnes, right? Shot clock's winding down. Okay, I got to create something. The offense is kind of stuck. Okay, I'll create something. Mm -hmm. That bailout, that get out of jail card, that in case of emergency break glass option hasn't been there for the Raptors uh, after Kawhi left. Yeah. And no one saw this coming from Scotty Barnes. We talked about the defense. We talked about his passing. No one thought he could score like this. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The whole over under uh, 30, I think we had 35 assist games. Uh, not looking good right now, but we probably should have had an over under uh, games where he leads the team in scoring and we probably would have gotten <laughs> it horribly wrong. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to go back to the timeline thing I mentioned. And this is like way too big picture probably for being seven games into the season, but I do like does the way Scotty has started, does the sort of do the signs that he's showing, does your thought that he could be a top 10 player by the time his rookie contract is up, like does that at all change how you would approach the sort of building of the Raptors, the sort of, you know, the timeline, the one, two, three year window for the team over the next few years here? Does that change anything for you if you're the front office, just seeing what Scotty has done here? Does it change how you approach this season? Do you go into buy mode because you might be better than you thought? Do you go into next season expecting to be like a you know a middle-tier playoff team, knowing that Scotty Barnes is in line for a leap when maybe next year was also kind of penciled in to be a bit of a transition year? Like, How does the timeline change for you if you're the front office looking at how Scotty has performed here and thinking, well, we got to maximize everything we can get out of this guy? So I would say the key variable that changes for me is whereas coming into this season, you said, let's learn what we have with this group. Sure. And you're saying, is the core 
predicated on what Pascal and Fred become? Like, do you adjust to that? Or do you adjust to potentially a core that's Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, uh, Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent Jr.? Sure. Possibly, right? Uh, and now it's like, he's so good, you can marry the two. Yeah. They can yeah. all exist on the same team. Now, realistically, you, as you said, you probably look to buy more now. So if there's one of those pieces that can get you another great piece, you probably look, you're probably more in favor of making that move because mm -hmm. you would think that that would get you uh, back into that top echelon of the Eastern Conference. Like, yeah, Scotty is so good. If Pascal comes back to the level that we know he can play at, it would change my opinion of what the Raptors can do in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have given them any chance of being able to win a round in the postseason. Yeah. But now, I would say, hey, let's look at the matchup. Depending yeah. on the matchup, the Raptors might be able to win a playoff series. Yeah, man. It's very exciting stuff. I, I would also just to sort of add to that. I would say seven games in, it's pretty clear to me that unless you're getting one of the top three players alive, uh, Scotty Barnes is no longer like, a, oh, maybe he's a guy who use in a trade next summer or something like no. that to go land a superstar. Nope, done. Not happening. Out of the question. You will trade whatever the hell else you have. And maybe that doesn't get it done. That's fine. You have Scotty Barnes. It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, everything's about Scotty now, man. And, and yeah, it, it just, if, again, seven games, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. Things could regress. Maybe he doesn't shoot 72% from inside three feet. Maybe he does. Maybe that's just what he's going to do. I don't know. But, you know, it, it does really sort of solidify things too. And if you're thinking about like the team's hierarchy two, three years from now, you're not banking on OG necessarily becoming your number one. You're not banking Pascal making another leap that you don't think maybe he has in him. Those guys can be what they are now, and you're probably in a pretty all right spot. Again, a lot of projection, a lot of putting too much on Scotty Barnes' shoulders way too early. But after the weekend we just saw, after the seven games we've just seen, I don't know how you can't get a little bit ahead of yourself. And maybe a week from now he regresses and we're sitting there thinking, okay, you know, we'll, we'll sort of reevaluate our thoughts here. But I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> that this seven games have taken place really gives me a lot of hope for what the floor for Scotty Barnes is going to be, and that figures to be pretty damn high. We've gone too long in the first segment, but how could you not? Scotty Barnes, baby. Uh, we will get to more coming up in just a sec. I want to talk about Precious Achua in particular because he's kind of become a bit of an interesting lightning rod for criticism. It's weird to have in criticism after a three-game winning streak in a season where you weren't expected to do much and your best players out, but... This is what it is when you cover and follow the Toronto Raptors. We will talk about Precious Achua and where he slots in, and uh, we'll also get to Pascal Siakam and a little bit of a game coming up later on. We'll get to that in one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Indeed. Thanks to the great resignation, the job market is filled with a once-in-a-generation talent. So is your organization going to put together an all-star team? Your front office needs an all-star roster, and you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. It is so, so easy. I don't know how you wouldn't want to do this if you were running a business. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people 
right now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find the right talent with the skills you need through through tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job, job description and you can even invite them to apply right away. So you really are, are, are in control. The people who have the matching credentials, fire it up, let them know your job is there. They're going to want it as well. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked on. That's indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You're watching, say it's a you know a casual Sunday night. You want to watch some sort of Halloween film because it's Halloween. You want to watch the new Muppets movie. You want to watch a great Canadian baking show with our friends Alan Shane Lewis and Ann Pornell. And you want to watch Succession. All those things are on three different apps. That's terribly annoying. Why would you want to do that when you can get, get your TV together? with direct TV stream and no longer juggle remotes and apps and devices and all that crap. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. A compatible device is required. Content varies by package. And a heads up, this is only available to our wonderful listeners in the United States. All right, we continue on here. Once again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day here at Locked On Raptors. Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com is with me. And after gloating about Scotty Barnes for 15 minutes or so, we should now turn our attention to someone maybe deserving of a little bit less praise, even though I think most of the returns so far this season have been overall promising for the long-term outlook of one precious Achua. But the last couple of games, not so much. In particular, that Pacers game was pretty rough. He goes two of nine from the field, kind of gets bogged down in a little bit of uh, like pl- playing against himself, trying to one-up himself in terms of how disastrous his drives can go. He's not much of a passer, kind of a weird fit. He ends up still being part of a lineup that's been excellent for the Raptors overall, so I don't know how much you can really complain. And he's had some really nice performances, been great on the glass and all that. But Vivek Jacob, Precious Achua is, you know, uh, again, as I've said, a bit of the lightning rod on the Raptors team right now. There's always one, whether it's Norm Powell back in the day, Patrick McCaw, whoever it is, feels like Precious Achua has taken up the mantle. Where are you at with Precious in terms of his role in the team? Should he continue with the starters for now? Is this more of a decision for when Pascal Siakam gets back? Or have the last couple of games kind of soured you on Precious Achua, sort of high-leverage player for the Raptors? I think it soured my long-term outlook for this season. Sure. Uh, him as a starter. And I think Nick Nurse right now is actually trying to push Kem Birch to rediscover uh, that level he had to close last season. Mm. And I think... Birch has been solid, but I think there there was a bit more that he was bringing to the table, uh, even just in terms of his confidence. You know, there's been some opportunities where he can shoot the three, and he's he just hasn't taken them. Yeah, and I, I think those are important shots that he needs to take to keep the defense honest, and you know that'll come with confidence. That'll come maybe when he well and truly feels his legs are under him, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe there's a bit of that that he's still working towards. So I see. Kem Birch as the best uh, center on this team. And that's, again, no disrespect to Precious Achua because I think it's perfectly fine for 
precious to be where he is because this is someone who played 12 minutes a game last year in his rookie season and now he's in a starting role so uh i think i think it's fine where he's at and let's face it he has improved from last season to this oh yeah so i think it's important to keep that in mind as well the stuff that he's shown bringing the ball up the court uh that is a huge development in terms of his long-term uh, prognostics, prognostication. I don't sure. know what the word would be there. <laughs> uh, we'll ask our friends at betonline.ag what the right terminology <laughs> is. <laughs> but yeah, so with Precious, I think obviously the biggest thing everyone sees that he's got to be able to uh, be more efficient around the basket. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little, it's a little uh, Kwame Brown in there right now. Especially on the lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of kind of forcing the issue. There's a lot of him just not making it easier on himself either because he does this thing where he just brings the ball down to the ground a lot and it just makes his like going back up more difficult if he's able to get the ball back up because sometimes he gets it swiped away or stolen. You know, and, and yeah, I think there's a lot of tunnel vision out there when you get pressures at Chua and when you also have Gary Trent Jr., who's been fantastic, by the way, and saved the game on Friday with that incredible uh, deflection or whatever we get, poke, poke away on Cole Anthony. Like, he's been awesome. But, like, he too can kind of get a little tunnel vision-y. He's just more efficient when he does it and has more of a plan when he does it. Precious just like, I see basket, me drive to basket. Uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, it just hasn't quite worked out so well. And I, I think, you know... It, I'm really torn because I am having trouble sort of envisioning what a precious and Chris Boucher second unit front court looks like. I feel like that's almost too much chaos. It's a little bit too unpredictable. And maybe the end result is, and we'll get to this in a second, maybe one of them just is not in the rotation going forward here. And that's how you kind of deal with that. But I, you know, I, I just, I think precious makes sense in that starting five in some ways. And I think he makes sense in the second unit in some ways, which I just, I guess have to see it all to really know. But yeah, I think it's I think, going one of two yeah. ways. Like I, when Pascal is back, I'd be very surprised if a precious was starting. I think, yeah. I think you, you either have Gary Trent jr. Starting and you're playing that skill ball five. Yep. And uh, if it's not Gary Trent jr. Starting, I think it, I think it has to be Kevin. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you know, I, again, I, I've liked Cam and Boucher as a combo. I, I don't like breaking that up necessarily because I think it's a sort of good yin and yang with the sort of steadier Cam Birch and the more sort of erratic Chris Boucher. You get the shooting, you get a pretty good screener and dive man and Birch who can kind of make those plays in the short roll as well. I think it's a pretty good dynamic, especially if you have, you know, like Svi or Utah or whoever other good shooters around. I think that's a good second unit configuration and precious certainly challenges that but yeah ultimately i think when pascal gets back i mean i tweeted about this very late last night just thinking about lineups because what else do i'm supposed to do on a saturday night um that small ball lineup of van vliet trent and then boucher sorry not boucher ananobi siakam and barnes i think that should be the starting five and you deal with the repercussions of the center sort of log jam in the backcourt in the second unit later on because get your five best guys out there and what i think very clearly will be the team's best lineup like that team that lineup is going to destroy teams i would think get that lineup out there as much as you can at the very least close with it and then maybe the starter you know situation becomes a little bit easier to manage rotation wise but i i think yeah precious is kind of on his way out of the starting five here one way or another sometime soon 
And if Ken Birch can get back to what we saw at the back part of last season, maybe he becomes kind of like a ceremonial starter type guy where you bring him in for six to eight minutes. And then, you know, maybe you don't see, depending on the matchup, maybe he plays in the second quarter and in the, in the fourth quarter. Maybe he doesn't depending on how the game flow is going. But yeah, Precious, I think probably destined for the bench. And honestly, if I had to pick a guy who I think could be at sort of a sneaky risk of losing his job altogether and maybe getting sent to the 905 for a little bit. Precious might be that guy. Um, I don't know if he's actually going to get sent to the 905, but wouldn't be insane if he's not playing in the regular rotation because of the log jam Siakam's going to create when he comes back. Maybe that becomes a way to just get him some extra reps and help him find that confidence around the basket, which he does not quite have right now. Um, but let's get into that big V here in a second here. We'll talk about, we're going to play a game. I haven't really f found the name of the game yet. I thought I was going to come up with something quippy. I haven't yet. We're basically going to call it. I wrote something down last night. Uh, that guy should play. Uh, <laughs> it's called That Guy Should Play. We're just going to run through the back part of the rotation and dig into whether or not that guy should play when Pascal Siakam returns from injury. We'll get to that in one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who make the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They have nine amazing flavors in their regular lineup and there's something for everybody. They've got Cherry Barcia, which is both a pun on the Grateful Dead and also a very tasty flavor. You've got mint brownie, you've got strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and so much more. If you don't know which flavor you want, you can get a mixed box with two of each of their nine staple flavors and decide which one you want the most in a full sort of order type deal. Or you can peruse the website for their limited time offerings that pop up from time to time as well right now blueberry muffins lurking out there and get yourself some blueberry muffin it's really freaking good highly recommended it's one of my faves i've ever had if not the best one i've had so far and they have lots of other great flavors with the holiday season coming up as well they will surely have some special flavors kicking around on the website too that website is of course built.com you can go there use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order that is the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com Calm. Thank you to Bill Bar for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Vivek, let's play the game that I thought was going to have a cooler name than it does, but that's fine. We're playing That Guy Should Play. Uh, we're going to run through the non-guaranteed rotation pieces on your Toronto Raptors and determine whether or not that guy should play when Pascal Siakam returns. This came up uh, in my brain because I was thinking about how when Siakam gets back, and presumably when Yuta Watanabe gets back, although there was a bit of a setback there, it seems, which sucks. Hopefully his cap is doing okay. But once they're at full health, you could argue there's 13 guys who are deserving of minutes in some way, shape, or form on this roster, which is one of them good problems, but no team plays 13 guys unless you're Jason Kidd's Dallas Mavericks, uh, which you never want to be Jason Kidd's Dallas Mavericks or Jason Kidd's anything. Uh, and most teams are going to play nine or 10 guys barring some matchup stuff and, you know, some you know, sh shaking things up late in games because something's not working. But in this regular rotation, we know Nick nurses like to have a regular rotation in the past nine to 10 guys is typically the number. So obviously Van Vliet is in, OG's in, Siakam's in, Trent's in, Barnes is in. That's five. After that, I don't know. So let's dig in here. Let's start with Kem Birch. Should he play when the Raptors are at full health and Pascal Siakam back? Should he be part of that regular rotation? Yes, no question. You're supposed to say, yes, that guy should play, just so you're aware of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy should play. All right. All right. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Kem is steady and rock solid. And whenever he's in, things just feel a little bit more calm out there. 
I think for sure. Even if he's not starting, which if they start with that small ball lineup, then he'll probably be the first guy off the bench as far as bigs to replace Scotty Barnes or whoever is your nominal center in that look. Uh, I think he should absolutely be the first center off the bench or the first center in the starting lineup, regardless of the situation. So I'm with you there. Precious Achua, what say you? Ooh, I got you stumped yeah. already. This game is going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, that guy should play, but not more than like 10 to 12 minutes. Okay, so you're thinking maybe he's like the 10th guy who subs in as like a sort of energy sh shift at the pace type thing? Yeah, one of those situations where, you know, say Kem's the starter, he gets himself into a bit of foul trouble, you're going up mm -hmm. against a big where you need that type of size, uh, or you need, you know, the nominal big, and Precious just has to be that guy. That makes sense. Um, I think I agree with you as well, though I could definitely talk myself into sticking him in the 905 for a little bit and letting him work. We'll get to that. Maybe I'll circle back to Precious. Uh, let's go to Goran Dragic. What do you think? No. No? Okay. okay. Explain why. Why not? Well, first of all, I think there's a reasonable shot, a chance that uh, Gary Trent Jr. comes off the bench. That's fair. Yep. And, and so if Trent Jr. is coming off the bench, I just don't see where the minutes would be uh, for Dragic. And so mm -hmm. uh, Banton's filling in nicely as uh, the backup point guard, and I'm sort of envisioning, you know, it's – Maybe one of the solutions for Chris Boucher is more chaos. And yeah. we've kind of seen how Delano Banton kind of meshes well with him. And so maybe if you've got Precious out there, you, you need that kind of uh, spacing then, right? Like you need mm -hmm. Boucher shooting, you need Gary Trent Jr.'s shooting, uh, and, and then you just go all chaos. And I don't, I don't think Dragic fits into a chaos lineup. Yeah, I do think he could be the kind of guy who reigns in the chaos a little bit. I like I, they've won three games since he got benched, so uh, there's not much to argue with the results of not playing him. I still think that guy should play, though. Also, like you want to trade him for something, right? And I don't think you want to just be on the road to buying him out and getting nothing back for him. I think if he plays, eventually he's going to figure it out. He's Goran Dragic. He's been around forever. Maybe he's old and washed. I don't think we have any way near enough sample to tell whether he's washed or not. And right. I think he's going to have to play here at some point. And I like the idea of him being the backup point guard, the way Nick Nurse seemed to like when he first made the move to put him in the second unit. So I know he's out of favor right now, but that guy should play. Um, let's go with, so we've got Dragic. We've talked about Boo Birch. We've talked about pressure. Let's go Chris Boucher. We just mentioned him. Chris Boucher. What about him? Yes. But again, I he's another I don't envision with more than, 12 minutes a game. Sure. I, I sure. The depth is going to be too strong with Pascal and Huda and OG. Like, I don't know where the spot, where the minutes would come for him. And you, you just have better players. Scotty's obviously in that mix as well. So again, you know, if he's got a shot going, then you ride it, right? Like if you need a heat check guy and, and the bench is struggling for offense, yeah, he's there. But I think at this stage of his career, he just makes too many mistakes. Yeah. Uh, and the Raptors have too much depth to say, hey, we, it's, it's still worth it. I will go back to Precious Achua for a second. And I will say one of those guys should play. 
who that guy is, yeah. I don't know, but I think one of them probably it's probably a little bit too samey. Like there's probably too much going on. And again, if my agenda of starting with the small ball lineup is going to come through, one of those guys is going to get squeezed. And I think probably it should be precious just because Boucher offers more shooting and a little bit more reliability, which is kind of insane, but he does. And again, I think Precious, you know, that's a long-term project. You can still work with him. There's lots to work with there and be excited about. Just because he doesn't play now doesn't mean he's not going to be in the plans down the line. When some of the sort of logjam clears out, probably in the form of Chris Boucher at the end of the season as a free agent. Um, but I'll say for now, Chris Boucher, that guy should play probably just over Precious. Uh, Malachi Flynn, what do you think? I'm going to say... Yeah, because I don't think I can say no to both Dragic and Malachi. Mm-hmm. And Unless you I, just think Banton is the backup point guard now, which maybe Nick Nurse wants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. But I, so I will say this. I think now at this point, there's a decent chance Malachi Flynn gets some run at the 905. Yeah. And once he's able to build back some confidence and get some reps in, I could see him working his way back into the team, working his way back into the rotation. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, there's I, more to be gained with Flynn than Dragic. And so uh, I would say there's not going to be minutes for him right now. You know, say this in the midst of this stretch, 11 of the next 14 on the road and whatnot. I, I anticipate him being at the 905 mm-hmm. uh, once that starts. What is it? November 11th. Um, but I could see, you know, we get to New Year's and he's found a way to crack that rotation. Yeah, I, I think... Here's the sort of chronology I would hope for is Flynn goes down, dominates the G League, Goran Dragic gets into the rotation at the big club, works himself into being a pretty tradable piece by the time you get to January. And then maybe when January hits, he's played well enough. He's enough sort of, you know, established there that maybe some team jumps early or you can just kind of shut him down until the deadline and just work to trade him. And maybe there's some sort of understanding there to, to avoid injury and all that stuff. And then you reintegrate Flynn as your backup point guard. That's kind of how I would play it right now. But, you know, talk to me. Uh, it's probably a week-by-week week thing here, depending on how well these guys play. And maybe Delano Banton is just the backup point guard. Let's go to Banton now. Nick Nurse clearly loves this guy a lot. How could you not? He's absolutely delightful to, to watch. He brings this, like, tempo to the team that very few other guys can. Should that guy play? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think he brings something valuable to the Raptors with his style of play, the energy uh is consistently there uh and i think you know there might be certain nights where he's he he doesn't fit into the rotation but Mm -hmm. more often than not i think he's valuable enough where he does play yeah i think uh it's undeniable at this point i thought 905 was going to be his destiny as well but I don't really see Nick Nurse taking too kindly to uh, Patrick Matumbo taking away his six foot nine point guard who does cool defensive things all the time and pushes the pace. So I'm going to pencil that guy into play. Uh, we got two more guys to hit on here, I think. God, there's so many players on this freaking team. Uh, Sfima Hailuk had 16 points in that Pacers game, was really impressive. Uh, kind of saved that game for them in a lot of ways in that second quarter in particular. Should that guy play? He's what I'd classify as uh, a search guy. Hmm. I think, you know, second night of a back to back, Nick nurse is searching for something, right? Some type of spark spark. He comes in, gives you 10 points in five minutes and it's like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's the type of player he's going to be. It's going to be a backup for 
you know, if, if, if there's an injury situation. I mean, let's face it, Utah had a setback. Uh, if Utah's back, is V getting those minutes? We don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think he's more of a situational play going forward. I don't know that's if fair. That's, a, that's a fair answer in this game. <laughs> that is fair. Well, I was going to say he's also situational too because I think it's kind of a similar Boucher-Precious situation where I think Utah and Svi kind of offer similar things. And I think it'll be one of those guys that's the odd man looking in odd man out looking in sure um (laughs) and right now i would sort of just because he's got seven games under his belt and nick nurse seems to have ridden through some of the worst games and seems like he still likes what he's doing i would say svi probably has the inside track ahead of utah right now but you know that can change pretty quickly utah obviously i think maybe a bit more of a movement shooter that maybe they can work in some stuff for him that way maybe svi's got a little bit more in terms of putting the ball in the deck uh, that behind the back pass and or behind the back dribble and lefty dunk yesterday was uh, pretty sick. Uh, and so I think there's, I think that's going to be like a precious Boucher thing where one of those guys ends up being in the rotation. The other guy ends up being on the outside until there's an injury. Um, and yeah, so I guess we've kind of assembled our ideal second units there. It sounds like you, I, I mean, for me, I, I think, you know, again, I'm, I'm going with that small ball. I'm to start. I don't care if it's, you know, Oh, like playing against big players all season long and you're going to get tired. This three dudes who can split up this guarding centers duty there. I think it's fine. And that lineup is going to be so good on both ends of the floor that I don't really care. And I think like Scotty Barnes as small ball center working from the middle of the floor on the short roll is going to be uh, frankly impossible to guard. And so Give me that. Uh, I want that. And so my second unit, I guess I have like Dragic, Banton, one of Sfi or Utah, Boucher, and Birch as like kind of my ideal second unit coming in. I think there's enough shooting there to kind of make it work. Obviously, Banton could be the sort of limiting factor there. And they're not going to go full five-man bench lineups anyway, so this is always kind of a silly exercise. But just thinking about the rotation and the 10-man deep look that you're probably going to go with, I think that's where I end up. And, and then one of Sfi or Utah with Flynn and then uh, Precious is probably in that 11, 12, 13 spot on the outside looking in for me. Sounds like you're pretty similar, although you have Precious, I think, getting more minutes than I do. So, um, yeah, any parting thoughts on this exercise that I wish I had a better name for? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, now, now just looking at the lineups, you know that it's probably precious uh, that that kind of drops out slowly because yeah. yeah either way like say for example you have gary in your starting five if i go with birch right um then you've got banton gary utah boucher and you know you imagine one of those other guys from the starting lineup stays in there yeah yeah yeah, Precious, I feel like, uh, could be in some trouble here trying to keep his job, which, again, that's not the end of the world. He's 22 years old. He's totally eligible to go to the G League and all that. It would be weird considering he's been a starter for the team for seven games but and figures to be for many more games, you would think, until Pascal gets back at least, unless Nurse makes a change here. But I uh, I don't think it's any sort of damning indictment. And I actually still think like Precious, with what he's shown ball handling-wise, like it, I don't need to be convinced that much more that he can actually be just be a part of the core going forward. He just is maybe a little bit further behind some of these other guys. So it's not any sort of indictment on him. It's more an indictment on the heat for ruining him for a year. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, that feels like a good place to leave this one. Big V, thanks so much for hanging out. This was lovely. As always, do you have anything you want people to know about? Just the usual stuff, raptors.com, CBC Sports, Complex, 
And you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. Excellent. Uh, you can find me, of course, at Woodley Sean on Twitter. You can subscribe to, rate, review, and uh, support the podcast and all your favorite podcast platforms for free. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Go and make your second listen. Locked on Fantasy Basketballs. Josh Lloyd is killing it over there, doing a wonderful job covering all of the fantasy goings on of the early part of the season. He loves Scotty Barnes too because he is all of a sudden a fantasy killer, which you love to see. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll talk about the Raptors game against the New York Knicks. Got a few fun guests lined up for this week. I think Ashley Docking, the queen of Raptors TikTok recaps, is going to pop on at some point. On, uh, pop on at some point. Uh, we'll get Katie Heindel back on the show this week, too. Lots of good stuff on the way with another week of Locked On Raptors. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.